You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. All right, so this week, we are talking CrossFit specifically CrossFit for women in the menopause transition. Anyone who has listened to this show for any length of time or has followed us on Feisty Menopause for any length of time knows we talk a lot about strength training and lifting heavy to stay strong in the menopause transition and beyond. We also talk a lot about sprint intervals and mobility work. So CrossFit, which features a lot of barbell squatting and deadlifting and sprint intervals on the assault bike and the rowing machine, can be amazing for menopausal women. To a point. So CrossFit also has elements that don't always work with our physiology quite as well, because there are workouts that feature tons of volume or longer intervals without much recovery, and that raises cortisol, which at this time of lives, when cortisol is already hard to manage, can leave us feeling a bit beat down and tired rather than strong and built up. So this week's guest, CrossFit coach Shauna Norton, has created a program she calls Level M, Programming for Athletes in Menopause. Jana is part of a team who runs Competitive Female Training, which is online CrossFit programming designed specifically for women, which includes programming based on how women are feeling throughout their menstrual cycle. Well, as she enters perimenopause herself and works with more women in this demographic, It has become apparent to her that peri and postmenopausal women have their own specific training and fueling needs when it comes to CrossFit. So, Level M was born. For those of you who are doing CrossFit as it is, loving it, seeing benefits, none of this is meant to tell you you should be doing otherwise or you need to change it. Carry on. For those of you like myself, who may have really loved some of the elements of CrossFit, but found that others didn't quite fit your training needs right now because of all that volume, scaling in the ways that Shauna recommends is a really good option because she just adjusts the workout to give menopausal women more of what they need, the heavy lifts, the short intervals, and less of the stress-inducing volume and low recovery that they don't. And if you're CrossFit curious... I think it's good to know that you're not locked into the workout of the day as it is. You can tell your coach what you need and scale the workout accordingly to meet your needs. CrossFit gyms are really a great place to find community and to find all that equipment that maybe you don't have access to in your home or otherwise. So this is just kind of empowering to know that you can go into this place and find what you need and adjust it even further to meet your needs. Finally, Shauna lives, breathes, and talks CrossFit, which has a language all of its own. We talk about workouts of the day, which are called WODs for short, and then part of each workout of the day is what is called a METCON, which is short for metabolic conditioning. This is often the part of the workout that gets tweaked in level M. Along with her work with competitive female training, Shauna Norton is also a certified nutrition coach through Precision Nutrition and has a bachelor's in kinesiology. So we do talk about nutrition. We talk about movement. You can find all about her and her work at 
competitivefemaletraining.com. That's also where you can find level M. I will put a link to that in the show notes. All right, before we get to it, if you enjoy this show, if you've been inspired by the guests, if you've learned from our guests, I would love, love, love you to tell me all about it. So for the next couple of weeks, I have an online voicemail box that is open to everyone where you can just click a link and leave a voice recording to tell us what you enjoy about Hit Play, Not Pause. We will be playing back some of those recordings for our 100th episode coming up next month. That voicemail box is speakpipe.com slash hit play. I will put a clickable link to it in the show notes to make it super easy. Head over there and leave me a message today. Thanks. All right. Remember, we also have a weekly blog. You can sign up and get it in your inbox each week. You can go to feistymenopause.com and sign up for that. You can find us at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. Go give us a follow. You can join our private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group and be part of our conversations there. I have an email. If you'd like to reach me, I'm at hitplaynotpause at lifeisty.com. And as always, if you like the show, please share it with your friends and on your socials. It helps us continue to grow. And I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate all the hearts and the stars and the great reviews that you have all sent so far. Thank you. Finally, very quick thanks to Prevenex for their continued support of the show. They just upgraded their Neurofi protein powder, which I love post-workout, to make it more bioavailable and blendable. So it mixes even smoother and goes straight to where you need it faster. And you can find a link to them in our show notes as well. All right. Enough of me. Let's have a word about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. 
Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like feisty menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. All right. All right, Shauna, I finally hit record because we <laughs> could have talked for quite a while before before I, we ever started the show. Um, let's start. I'm really psyched that we found each other. Um, I would like to start with 
who you are and how you got there for people who don't know. In your own words that I found on your website, you found CrossFit 10 years ago and you live and breathe it. But I have no inkling of what you were prior to that. Like, what is your history? Uh, so without going into the whole history, um, I found CrossFit because I was doing ultra running. Um, oh. so yeah, I was actually, I got into ultra running after I did like 10 K half marathon marathon. And then after the marathons, I was like, Hmm. And I worked at this vet's office and, uh, there was this old dude that used to bring his pets in and he was an ultra marathoner and he and I got to talking, um, introduced me to trail running fell in love with trail running because I could go real slow, take pictures, get to eat snacks. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and then once I started doing trail running, I was like, huh, well, if I could run 26 miles, I could probably run 30. And so I started tra training for my 30 miler. And then I started thinking, well, if I could do 30 miles, I could probably do 50. And then I just said YOLO and started training for my first 50 miler. Um, but I had some, uh, little knee issues that turned out to be like the hip thing and the ankle thing and all that stuff. Um, and I recognized that I probably should be doing some lifting and some cross training. Um, and it's funny because prior, so I was dating this guy, we had a CrossFit gym that opened up down the street from us. And prior to starting at the gym, I remember he and I had gone for a hike and we were talking about che checking out the CrossFit gym. And I said to him, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm curious, but I don't want to get too bulky. Oh, no. Literally, <laughs> those words came out of my mouth. And I'm ashamed, at, you know, 10 years later that I even like thought that because now I'm like, I want to get as big as I possibly can. Well, um, as an ultra runner, that's counter to the culture, right? Especially that time, especially if you're talking 100%. 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's a little better I, now, but. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to be skinny. I yeah. did. I, I genuinely and really, that's not my body type. I'm not like I can go long forever, but I'm slow. Um, but I walked into that CrossFit gym and my body was obliterated. I had a barbell in my hands for the first time and I fell in love. And I, I was just like, this is where I want to be all the time. And it took. What uh, was it about it? Um, it was a whole bunch of stuff. It was that I was good at it initially. Um, I, I am inherently very strong. I, I always tell my coach that I used to build forts when I was a kid growing up in Maine and like I was moving these heavy pallets. So I built myself to be strong, young. Um, but it, it was the fact that I was in a community, uh, surrounding, you know, as an ultra runner, like you're spending hours on end by yourself. Now I got to exercise. I had structured exercise. I had someone telling me what to do and when. I was with a bunch of people my own age. Um, yeah, it was it was everything. It, it was I just it worked for my body and it just felt good. And as soon as I I started, I I, I just yeah I fell in love. I, I fell in love. I fell in love with the fact that it was empowering. You know, I would have girls like my first couple of years, we'd have new girls come in and they, they were these like lean, lean, skinny women, the women I thought I wanted to be like. And then all of a sudden they were turning to me and they're like, yeah, I want legs like you. And I, I was like, looking around like, who are you talking to? Like <laughs> me, my legs are huge. Right. And, and I'm like, yeah, they are huge. They're designed to lift weights. And it, and it just, I, it fit, it just fit. So 
Yeah. And then I, I, I was actually working on getting my bachelor's degree uh, to be a nurse. I was working on all my prerequisites to become a nurse and health and fitness has always kind of just been uh, something I'm interested in. Nutrition was something like, you know, grew up with my mom telling me to eat my salads. Um, we had total for be- breakfast instead of sugary cereal. Um, and I wanted to be in a, a realm where I helped people. So I was doing my prerequisites. I was an older student. I wanted to get into nursing school. And when I got accepted into nursing school, I had this moment, literally was at work, called my dad and I'm like, dad, I don't think I want to be a nurse. Like I knew that I was going to not love helping people who were broken, who could have prevented their sickness. I, I was gonna, I knew I resent them. Um, so I changed my degree to kinesiology and was, you know, from there, it was like figuring out what you do with a degree in kinesiology. Cause that doesn't really, that just gives you legwork to become something else. And yeah, that was a lot. Here I am. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That, that, that's, that's all great. So that was, how old are you now? I'm 42. Okay. So you're about 32 at that time. So it was your early thirties yeah. going through yeah. that. So let's let's move forward a little bit and let let's talk um women, particularly women in the menopause transition or postmenopause and CrossFit. You put up, I mean, one of the ways I found you is you put up this great Instagram post that caught my eye saying that CrossFit can be extraordinary for women, you know, in this time of life, but also acknowledging that there's some adjustments that uh, you know, could be made that, you know, according to hormonal needs, it could make it even better, let's say, for women in this. Um, two questions. Are you in that transition yourself yet? Uh, and then, like, I'd just like to describe a typical CrossFit class for women who who don't know, you know, who are just maybe CrossFit curious or, you know, haven't they hear about it, but they have no idea, like, actually what happens in those boxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not in that transition yet. Um, I think I'm based off of my symptoms. Um, I'm perimenopausal and I just anticipate also based off of my age that I'm perimenopausal. Um, I started working with this demographic because I had some women that have reached out for nutrition coaching help. Um, and I, so I followed you and Stacey Sims for God, I read your roar three years ago, maybe, um, or like right when it first came out and I started understanding how our menstrual cycle impacts everything. And I would have these women that are my menopause clients going into CrossFit class and, you know, the CrossFit class wasn't helping them transition or thrive in a, in a period of time where I knew they could be doing better. Right. Um, And so I would be helping them tweak their workouts for their, their changing physiology. Um, and then we started level M in the female program that I, I run because I wanted women to have access to programming that's specific for decreasing estrogen. Um, so a typical CrossFit class, you come in, the coach gathers everybody up, um, they introduce everybody and they go over what the class is going to be like for the day. They do an organized work, uh, warm up together, and then typically they'll have a strength portion or a gymnastics portion and then they'll have a conditioning portion which we call a metcon which stands for metabolic conditioning and then if you have a really great gym they'll do a warm-up and or they'll do a cool down and stretching um 
And what is great about that is it allows women to get their hands on a barbell. It allows women to understand that we should be taking up space. We should not have to apologize for being here, for wanting to be the best versions of ourselves. And I think CrossFit does a phenomenal job of having that space for women to be the best versions of themselves as people, not as women, right? We're people first, women second. And CrossFit, aside from like, you know, changing the weights for women and things like that, like I do a 95 pound barbell, a man would do 135, right? Like there, there are very few things in that space that, that dictate women do this, right? Like it's, it's very, there's a great uh, environment of equality, I feel like. Um, but for women in menopause, like, A, we don't even talk about it. So you're sure as shit not going to have your 50-year-old athlete coming into her 25-year-old male coach going, listen, I'm in menopause and uh, I need to lift heavy today and I probably shouldn't Metcon. He's going to look at her and go, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And I certainly don't know how to, to help you tailor this program for, you know, your specific needs, right? Um, so level M comes in and like the athlete can do it by themselves, or it at least shows the athlete how we should be programming for that changing physiology. Um, and it, it gives them like kind of the tenets of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm always prioritizing lifting heavy. Like that, that should just be, and it should be a no brainer if you're 18 or 80, right? Like as women, we should just be lifting weights all the time. Um, but it also shows them like, if you, if you start with lifting heavy as the priority and then understand, you know, if I'm going to Metcon, how do I make that Metcon sprint interval instead of the random shit that they throw together? Right. That, that all makes sense to my ears, but I'm going to rewind it and I'm going to pick that apart because I know that's not going to make sense to everybody's ears. So um, when you go into class, like let's break down some of these elements a little more, even finitely. Um, you know, you, I hear that you're adjusting for this audience, you know, whose general priority is lifting heavy, uh, doing shorter, high intensity work. And, you know, throwing in some plyometrics. So, you know, every, like, when you go into CrossFit, you have a wad or a workout of the day, right? Um, and sometimes, like, you literally have dozens and dozens of reps of something. I mean, it would not be unusual for somebody to do 50 reps of something over the course of that workout. Like, how... Um, how are you helping menopausal women manage the total load there? Do they sometimes do that? Do they do it? You know, like, how are you helping them work that in? Um, so let's say, for instance, it, it would be very common to say you have like a back squat, you know, five by five at 80 percent. Right. And then your Metcon. So we'll talk about that 50 reps. Say it's a, you know, 50 box jumps, 40 pull ups, 30 burpees, um, you know, 20 wall balls. 800 meter run right yeah and that's metabolic conditioning just for people who don't know what metcon stands for there's two components of the workout it's your lifting component and then it's this metabolic conditioning thing that it could be any of those things like you're talking about like a, a billion box jumps and burpees and all the other things yeah yeah it could be long it could be short it could be yeah. sprint yeah yeah um so what i have going back to kind of what we talked about with the symptoms of menopause you got to prioritize right so um, it can be a lot of gyms don't let their athletes see an entire week at a time. Yeah. So you can't, and that's a frustrating thing about it. 
Yeah. Ours was like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's a whole lot. I mean, CrossFit's amazing, but just like everything, there's issues, you know, they're, they're not perfect. Um, so I have my athlete decide if they look at the workout, what they want to prioritize, or just in general, I'm going to uh, prioritize lifting heavy five days, and I'm going to do a Metcon two days. So or, uh, you know, conditioning sprint intervals two days, right? So if she's decided that today is a day that she's going to do a sprint interval, I'm going to have her look at that workout. And the the rep scheme isn't really set up for me to do a work rest, right? So instead of uh, there are a couple options I would have her I would either have her communicate with the coach and say, hey, I would like to change this a little bit. And instead of doing it as 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, can I do it, um, you know, however many, however long I think it would take, can I do it as an AMRAP of five, four, three, two, one, and then take a break of 30 seconds to 60, 60 seconds. So work real hard, you know, for 30 to 60 seconds and then take a break. Or if, you know, and, and unfortunately a lot of coaches and, and, um, box owners aren't super amenable to athletes making changes. Um, so, okay. If, if the coach isn't going to let me do that and today is the day I decided I'm going to do a sprint workout. Well, what did I say first? I th think I said 50 box jumps, right? So I'm going to take that 50 box jumps and I'm just going to focus on that for a couple minutes and I'm going to do five box jumps real fast and then I'm literally going to do, you know, a couple laps around my box. And then I'm going to come back and do five box jumps real fast. Um, and then you get, you work through it, you know, maybe you don't finish it because you've approached it like that, but you've done what your body needs in that moment. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that, about the why of that, you know, that, that for, for women in, you know, certainly in the menopause transition, post-menopause, it can sometimes you know, we already have this issue with managing cortisol or stress hormone, right, which leads to inflammation, and all these other things. And doing a lot of that high volume uh, all repetition all the time, like just can leave you in a state of elevated cortisol, right? So what, what you're doing is helping them look at that, like, really high volume kind of Metcon and go, okay, how can I make these shorter bursts, you know, so I get that high intensity, but also get the recovery that I need. In Absolutely. There. Yeah. And it, it allows like, I mean, if we talk about not even as a female standpoint, but just as an older human standpoint, we're losing our uh, type two muscle fibers, right? So we're not as powerful. We're not, we don't recover as fast. Um, and we do as CrossFitters, especially we're really bad with more is better. More is not better. Better is better. So I would rather have uh, see an athlete go real strong and powerful and confident on five box jumps and recover than slog through, you know, <laughs> and right and move badly on yeah. 50. And it allows you, especially like, you know, understanding if I won't nerd out too much, but on the physiology of that, that first energy pathway, like it takes a second for that muscle to regenerate, to be able to create another powerful jump onto the box. Right. So you, you're, you're intentionally training the system that tends to be the weakest as we get older. Yeah. It, it allows them to be the best version of themselves whenever they're, they're in the gym. And it lets them feel 
built up rather than broken down. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. It's confidence. And that's like something across the board that, that I think women struggle with. And like talking about the fear factor as you get older, um, it's like, if you walk away feeling like you crushed, you know, maybe you only did the, the time cap for the workout was 15 minutes and you, you applied it like this and you only did the 50 box jumps, but you were like, I jumped so fucking high. I was landing super quiet. My rebounds were on point. You know, my, I managed my breath. Like, jumping especially I don't know many women that are, are besides like you know Olympians that that are love jumping as women um so something like that yeah they walk away with that sense of confidence that that they crushed it versus feeling demoralized because they fell or they had to step down each time yeah yeah and I also mean in general like you know I when you give yourself that time you know I, one of the things that I I found is that that chronic uh load just you where you where you don't let yourself have that recharge you you can walk around like your legs are always feeling kind of heavy like everything's always feeling a little heavy and i it helps you i think avoid that that feeling of not ha- being springy you know of not like which we which we'd like to feel in, in yeah. some of the workouts so i'm so i'm a little unclear how this works logistically so if i am um, if I say I'm involved in a CrossFit program or a CrossFit gym, do I work with, do I share my workouts with you and you help me scale them and adjust them? Or is this something that I am like, how does level M work? So level M is, is completely, it's, it's an online program. Okay. Um, okay. yeah. Um, if, if you're following M level M, like we have a couple different, um, type of athlete we have the athlete that follows it across the board and she's either doing open gym at a crossfit gym so she's not participating in classes um, or she follows it at home or i have uh, some women that use level on because at the end of the day like crossfit is great but it's an hour of your day where in fact you're really only moving your body for maybe 30 to 40 minutes and from a strength training standpoint right like you're doing one lifting piece. And then even if you figured out how to make that conditioning more strength based, you're maybe only doing two strength pieces, right? And, and I, I mean, I, I'll admit I'm a volume junkie, like, I, I like a good four hours of training a day. Um, but I would, I really want my athletes lifting for 60 to 90 minutes. So level M is nice because you can pick from it and say, you're, you know, you look at the workout and you're doing back squats on that day. And then you're going to do that, that metabolic conditioning, they can take another piece from level M and add it into, to what they're doing on top of the class. So that's the two, we have either athletes that follow it across the board, or we'll have athletes that use it as accessory and additional work. Gotcha. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's interesting. Like I said, I, you know, I was part of a CrossFit gym a couple of years ago and I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I th- I drifted away from it mostly because it felt like most people there were doing it as a means to an end itself. And, you know, I was doing it as a means to being stronger on my mountain bike and like all the other things. And there was a competitive element to it that I was not interested in, you know, like names on a whiteboard, names on a leaderboard, all this stuff, which I understand, like some people are really drawn to, 
But like, that's not, I, I had enough of that in my life and I didn't want that from this space. Like it actually gave me anxiety waking up and be like, okay, I have to go. And there's going to be like this feeling of competition. Um, you know, how, like, how do we, how do you talk to women about CrossFit and about this kind of training who um, are like, I would love to try that, but maybe like me, they're not interested in that element of it or they're not interested. I mean, I've been in some gyms where people are yelling at you, you know, I mean, like what, how do you navigate that for women? Um, so, so it is, that's, that's probably one of the uh, biggest hurdles with CrossFit. Um, and it's because cross CrossFit isn't controlled across the board. Like we have, once you become an affiliate, you pay the affiliate fee. And then after that, like you have a couple very specific rules you have to follow. And then the owner gets to create the culture, right? So you'll go to some gyms and it'll be super family friendly. Um, you know, no one gives a who, who their scores are, what their scores are on the whiteboard, you know, and then you'll have super competitive gyms like Invictus, right? Like CrossFit Invictus is uh, very, very competitive, right? Um, so, I mean, that's part of it is, is discovering the culture of the gym and figuring out where you fit in. And funny enough, like our programming, our, the programming I run is called competitive female training, right? But um, what we're trying to build with the culture with with our program and our community is not competition with anybody else, but competition with yourself. Um, and I think that, you know, women are so, we have such a strong tendency to compare ourselves to other people, gaining that confidence that, you know, if you don't want to put the, your score on the whiteboard, you tell your coach, I'm not putting my score on the whiteboard, right? If you don't want to compare scores, if, if somebody's asking you, like, how did you do on the workout? I mean, especially from an, a level M standpoint, you're like, well, today wasn't a sprint day for me. And I'm focusing on so I didn't even do that workout, right? Like you were doing box jumps, and I was doing dumbbell step ups. Um, so it's nice there because then you can say, you know, I didn't even actually follow it the way you did it. Um, but yeah, it comes down to picking the culture, like finding a gym. If you don't want to be competitive, um, finding a space and even within the, the community itself, like some classes are, uh, full of super competitive people and some classes like the 5.30 AM class. It's always uh, competitive. No. <laughs> oh, it was in my gym. It was, it was so really? oh. because they're all the type A people were all there. Right. Anyway, yours isn't. <laughs> No, usually because they're half awake. So like they don't even know what score they got because Oh my they god, even... no, these people have been up since four o'clock just dying, like warming up to go like it was a whole different oh, thing. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like from my experience, usually the 5 30 a.m. class and like the 7 p.m. class are people coming in just to exercise. Like the 6 30 a.m. class was super competitive. And especially like you you get that dynamic where everybody starts to know each other. So you know, like you know, I'm thinking you're going to probably have really great endurance and probably be really good at cardio. So if I want to improve on that. I'm going to target you and I'm going to target your scores because I want to use you as a rabbit to get myself better. Um, so yeah, that's like the, the culture within the gym to start and then the culture within the class. So if you want to do CrossFit, you're just starting out, you're not super competitive. Um, you know, you can do Yelp reviews and things like that. You, there's a ton of communities you can post online, like getting feedback on different gyms. Um, 
And then going in and, and doing a trial week, like most gyms let you try a week for free or class for free, feeling it out. Yeah. If a coach yells at you, I uh, fuck that. I would walk out. I'm like <laughs> encouragement. Like, you know, you got this, you're doing fantastic. That's awesome. If someone's yelling at you to go faster or, you know, then I would absolutely, I would walk out probably mid class. That's not cool. Yeah. 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 No, it's not, it's not for me either, but I also appreciate that there are some people who legitimately love that and that's fine. Like that, that, that is the room for you. I don't like, it is not the room for me. And I, but that, that is a hundred percent what we're saying. Like there is a room for you. You just need to find it, whether you want that competition or whether you're, you, you don't need that in that aspect of your life for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like my parents, um, so what, I'm from Maine originally. I live in San Diego now. Um, and I found this gym ever proven that I go to when I go home. Um, and I was desperate to get my parents into CrossFit because I knew that they would be well cared for if we found a good gym for them because of all of the different components that it introduces, right? Um, so I, they've been doing it now for a year. My mom went um, with me to this CrossFit gym probably a year and a half ago. I took her with me. We did a class. I was like, see, you can do CrossFit. And it was a regular class, right? Like it wasn't, but they have, it's called Legends um, that they do Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9.30 a.m. And it's literally for the, I think probably the prerequisite is like 45 plus or something like that. Um but in a class like that, the competition component of it is going to be way less. And there is still like my father's so funny, you know, he tells me like how much he lifted and how much so-and-so lifted, but it's also, you know, both of my parents in, in the last year have had, my mom had a uh, full knee replacement and my dad had rotator cuff surgery. Um, and they're still going in and they're modifying everything for them and they're helping them, you know, still move their bodies. But, you know, like my mom is, she can't jump. So they do ski or crawl. So her competition, she is coming in and seeing her competition is with herself. How, you know, how much more RX stuff can she do today? Or even, you know, closer to, to RX. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. And making progress within yourself is always you know, motivating and satisfying. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That that made me uh, think of a couple of questions that I had too about, you know, some of the things that we were talking about offline and some of the things that you just mentioned is that, you know, there is this um, anxiety piece, this fear piece that can sort of bubble up at this time of life as, you know, estrogen and hormones decline. That's an odd side effect, you know, that I have written about and talked about a bunch of times, but also like there can be, so you have somebody that might be coming in and like they are now just really afraid of that kind of challenge. They're afraid of getting hurt. They're afraid of hoisting a barbell around. They're afraid like, what if, what about my shoulders? I don't know if I should be doing these muscle ups. Like how, how do you help them navigate that part? Um, I mean, this again goes to the coaches and the dynamic of the gym, you know, you're hoping at this point, CrossFit's been around for 20 years, that more gyms than less have good coaching staff and have responsible coaches that provide good skills and modifications for athletes. Um, and I see it like with the fear, um, for some reason, I feel like women, we default to believing we can't. And then someone needs to show us that we can. Mm. Um, so I, I see it with 25 year olds and I see it with 55 year olds. Right. Um, so showing them what, what 
they are able to do and then getting them confident and comfortable, they're going to be well taken care of. And I'm not going to give you, you know, I'm not going to ask you to put 200 pounds over your head if you're still getting confident with a barbell, right? Um, so I think it's exposure and getting comfortable with the fundamentals, the foundations, seeing how, you, you know, you can snatch with, with just the barbell. Okay, well, I can do this. Then maybe I'll put tens on and see what happens with that, right? Um, yeah, I, th I think it's really just exposure. I think it's exposure, gaining trust in your coaches, that your coaches are not going to ask you to do anything that is going to get you hurt, going slow, um, seeing the other people around you and what they're doing, you know, again, with my mom, like, if I see a 72 year old with a with a barbell doing presses overhead, and I'm coming in and I'm 50. And I see, you know, and, and my mom is like, I mean, she doesn't, she's not dressed like me, right? She's like wearing like loose pants and turtleneck. And, and I see her doing it. I'm going to be like, oh, shit, if she can do it, I probably can. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's exposure. I think it's exposure experience. And, um, you know, being around a, a coaching dynamic that they, you feel confident your coaches are not going to give you anything that you can't do. And, and I convey that to my athletes. Like, you know, I don't want you to get hurt. If you get hurt, it's bad on me. Right. Um, and I don't want that reputation. So I'm never going to put you in, in a position where I don't think you can do something. Right. Right. That's excellent. That's excellent. Let's talk a little bit about nutrition for CrossFit, which is something I know that you talk about an awful lot. Um, you know, I, it, it's you put up a post uh, where you cited the study that I actually looked up from the Environmental Research and Public Health Journal that investigated dietary intake and nutritional status in CrossFit, CrossFit trained women and men. And I was pretty stunned to see that the women's average intake was 1700 calories. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like it was like, oh, wow. OK, so what is your experience uh, with how women in this demographic are fueling or or not fueling themselves, not fueling. Not fueling. Um, I mean, I typically when I have whether I'm I'm working with a private client or I'm just interacting with someone on Facebook, um, their caloric intake is between I'd say fifteen hundred and seventeen hundred on a good day, and it is it's crazy. It's and it's like they're going. I don't know why I'm not getting results. Why am I tired all the time? Why am I sleeping like shit? Their fucking hair is falling out. <laughs> I'm like, and it's you know they're going in fasted for training. Um, they're they're uh, not eating at when they get done with training, right? So they're literally chasing their tails. Um, that that study didn't surprise me at all because of we're taught to be skinny. Yeah. And, you know, we, again, like the information that they're giving us from, from a nutrition standpoint, they're extrapolating from men's studies. So yeah, men thrive on, on being fasted and not eating carbs. Their testosterone goes through the roof. They lose body fat. You know, they turn into superhumans. Our bodies are like, if you don't have enough body fat on you, I'm going to downregulate everything because you are designed to make a baby. Even if you don't want a baby, too bad because you're hardwired that way. Um, and I think like also what they report, right. They, they are eating that little, but then also a lot of women are stuck with disordered eating where they're under eating four or five days a week. And then they're massively overeating to compensate. 
Um, and then of course, you know, they're, they're not getting lean muscle mass. They're gaining body fat. Um, they still feel like shit. They don't know why. Where do you start with some, you know, with somebody like that? I mean, it, cause it is really indoctrinated. I like, I remember writing a billion times, like seen in the magazines, the mainstream women's magazines, when magazines were still a thing, but you still see it on <laughs> 1500 calories a day for women, 1200 calories a day for women. You know, the, these numbers are like so arbitrary. They're just like basic requirements to breathe. Um, where do you where do you start with them to sort of like guide them into proper fueling? Uh, so I almost always start with two things. I get them eating before they train, which is a game changer, right? Oh, yeah. um, and I'm an information nerd. And I've realized my superpower is I'm really good at taking information and uh, communicating it and helping individuals apply it to themselves. So getting a woman to understand you're going into the 630 AM CrossFit class, you're not eating before you go in there and you have nothing to give in the class, you feel like shit, and then you come out and you don't eat. And how, how do you think that's going to help fuel a healthy metabolism, right? Well, I'm like, if I get you to eat a banana, I, I kiddingly, bananas are like my go-to <laughs> default. If you're sad, eat a banana. Um, so I have them eat a banana before they go in. And I'm like, listen, if you eat a little bit of fuel before you train, now you can push harder. Your body recovers faster. Your metabolism is up post-training session because of how hard you push. Now you're using more energy after that training session, right? Well, that energy has to come from somewhere. You want that body fat to go away. Let your body use that body fat training session right so you get a little bit of buy-in with that and women are so fucking smart and we love to know why's behind things so you give women that not just because i told you so right but the why behind stuff they soak it up like a goddamn sponge and then so you get that little buy-in and and two days later you know i work with them on day one and i'm like okay this is what we're gonna do two days later they're already feeling extraordinary so i get buy-in there um, and then I have them increase their protein. So more often than not, they under eat protein, and they're not eating whole food sources of protein, right? So the cool thing about getting them to eat, I like body weight and protein. I, if you can't hit it, like we'll find a number that you can, but I like having them 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight. Um, and what's awesome about that is they don't retain water, right? Because protein the whole process, you lose water as you process protein. Um, so they feel good with that. They're satiated. They're not, you know, they're having their high protein snack at 3 p.m. They're not snacking before they make dinner. So they feel more in control of their food choices overall. And they have more energy because they're not putting a bunch of shit in their body. And then once I get that up, then I sit down and figure out like, how else do I need to tweak your diet? Um, carbs, most women have some fear of carbs. Um, so I, I'm a little sneaky approach and put this on the internet, but, or <laughs> out there, but I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little sneaky with like, I like most of my girls to be eating a minimum of 150 grams a day. Um, so rather than say hit that number, I have them focus starting with before and after training and then at dinner and before bed. Right. And if I get them feeling good with that number and all of a sudden 
the opposite of what they thought that I increase their calories, they're going to gain weight, they start to see changes in their body, then there's the buy in. And then after that, like, you know, I might go crazy and have them eat 200 grams of carbs a day. And again, they're like, like I have women, multiple women who said their hair has fallen out. And it's like, that's nuts. At what point do you start to wonder if it's directly related to the fact that you're not eating enough food, right? Um, and it's directly related to how many carbohydrates they're consuming. Like our bodies just do not like to be underfed carbs. Um, so getting them like eating and getting energy and then, yeah, hair growth, buy-in. It's buy-in. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, I noticed that you do um, quite a bit of that sort of macronutrient coaching. I'm not, I'm not a tracker myself, but I, I like uh, some of the the posts you put up because it's it's more of sort of how to think about like prioritize your carbs before your workout and prioritize your protein after your workout and just like <laughs> just getting people to think in those very simple terms if they're not yet like or ever interested in tracking I think is uh is super is super useful and especially as you're mentioning you know all the research on low energy availability and relative energy deficiency in sports you know which used to be um, the female athlete triad kind of thing, you know, yeah. I mean, all of that, all of that research really shows that even if the rest of your day is you're not meeting quote unquote, your caloric needs, if you're fueling your, your exercise needs, you can stay out of those trouble zones and you can Absolutely. see, yeah. As opposed to, you know, if you don't feel that, then your body's like, whoa, you know, like we're going to start shutting stuff down because, you need you need everything we have like to make sure that you can do that again because we're not getting food before you do that thing I am blown away by how many women won't eat after training and I'm like okay so you just destroyed your muscles and they don't know the science like I was doing an intake call the other day and we're talking about nutrition and you're going to learn about the pilgrims and you're going to learn about how America started but you're not going to learn where your apples come from and how you're supposed to fuel your body. Right. It's it's so bass backwards in like how we teach people the most important stuff. Um, And, and like understanding how muscle is grown. If you teach someone that it's all about amino acids, right? Well, if you don't have amino acids on board to repair the muscle that you just broke down with those back squats, what do you think your body's going to do? You can't just have broken muscle, right? Well, you have extra muscle that you already made from two days ago's back squats, right? Your body's going to go in and start breaking down that muscle that you already have available. And now you're chasing your tail and you can't figure out why, why you're not making progress, which it's not their fault. Like we put are these women in the situation where you're supposed to be skinny. So in order to be skinny, you know, you tell me I need to be in a deficit. I'm in a deficit, right? Yeah. Yeah, you are, but you can't like when I do women, when I have them uh, intentionally do a, a create a deficit or do a carb cut, I don't have them CrossFit hard. If you want to go to the gym, fine. But I want you keeping at, if you have a heart rate monitor, I want you in zone two and no more. And I don't want you lifting heavy. You can do hypertrophy training, but I want it super light. 
And I want you, you know, if you're not tracking your heart rate, I want you at an RPE, a rate of perceived exertion of like five to six at most. Like I'd rather see her skip a week altogether in the gym and just walk and, you know, keep her, her, uh, intake low and then get a little bit of body fat off. Um, versus go you you can't have both like you can't have a big deficit and go hard in the gym and think you're going to be successful just it doesn't work yeah no and and you need and that includes fueling yourself on recovery days which is something that is really hard for people in general to wrap their minds around because they they think i'm not doing anything but they don't understand the all the metabolic processes that were happening inside that your body is doing an awful lot on your recovery days yeah and you might actually be hungrier on your recovery days. Right. Well, one of my athletes, she's so funny. Uh, on our deload weeks and on our recovery days, she always texts me and she's like, why is this happening again? And she's referring to how hungry she is. And I'm like, because your body has more time to process the food because you're relaxed. You know, it's a rest and digest thing that's supposed to be happening, not stressed and digest. Um and yeah, your body's like, this is a great time to eat all the food and use it. And I, I like communicating if you're sore you need food right like if if your body is saying i'm still recovering from yesterday's training please give me enough nourishment the other thing that a lot of women don't realize is you're storing fuel in your body for tomorrow so you need food from for yesterday but then you need to prepare for tomorrow if you eat a low calorie diet on your recovery days yeah you're you're gonna be chasing your tail yeah yeah. Is there anything else about CrossFit that you think this audience would benefit from knowing? Ooh, <laughs> this is only supposed to be an hour long, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I, across the board, like if, if a woman isn't doing CrossFit and she wants to apply what you and Dr. Sims have been promoting, I think it's an awesome easy way to apply a lot of those recommendations you know we do the plyometrics on a regular basis um where crossfit one of the tenets of our fitness style is we're doing explosive power work um i think from a confidence standpoint you know we're exposing athletes to new ways of moving which is amazing for the aging brain um you know i think you're exposed to all different levels of person so you're you're challenged to do things that you might not otherwise do. Um, and yeah, from like a, a aging standpoint overall, like I said, I'm 42 and I'm just getting better. I can walk on my hands. I can do muscle ups. I, I can, you know, put 200 pounds over my head. Like I remember my mom at 40 and what she was not doing. And here I am, the complete opposite, right? Like I can still climb trees. That's my goal in life. I want to still be able to climb trees when I'm really old. Um, so I, I think like this demographic, finding a good CrossFit gym where you feel safe and well cared for can be amazing for helping you thrive through this period. And, you know, forever, like I plan on doing CrossFit until I'm dead or I can't move. Because it is, yeah, it's amazing. And it's just getting better. I think we're, we're becoming even more responsible with our athletes. Um, you know, the standard of the gym, the cleanliness, the coaching is continuing to rise. Um, so people will be continuously cared for. Yeah. And I'll add, 
you know, for because we have a lot of endurance athletes in the house, I will add that um, it, especially if you approach it the way that you have approached it in this in this way that you do adjust some of the workouts and scale them for yourself. It is an amazing complement to endurance activities like trail running, like cycling, like mountain biking. I mean, just I, I, it definitely put more watts in my, in my pedal stroke. There's no question about it. Like it just, I feel so much stronger. I feel so much more energetic. I feel so much better all the way around, like head to toe. I feel way better. And, you know, we were having this discussion in the group. There's a lot of conversation in, in a lot of the uh, podcasts now, especially the, the Peter Atias and the Hubermans and all of those talking about, you know, what do you want to be able to do when you're 80, you know, and you should be scaling, you know, like looking backwards from that, like reverse engineer that. Like if you want to be able to backpack and do all these things when you're 80, what are you doing now? And, you know, I, like and I when I look at myself, I'm like riding my bike 100, you know, 200 miles a week is, isn't going to help me do that. I love to do it. But if I want to be a very strong human, I need these other pieces. I need to be consistent with them because that that shit goes away much quicker, you know, especially I'm 53. And I notice it like it goes away over a season before I'd be able to get away for a, most of a year without strength training. And that is just not true anymore, you know, and and I feel like so much better. I feel like if I am only doing my endurance work and that kind of stuff now, I feel kind of run down all the time. Like I feel just yeah. not quite right. But as soon as I start adding that, you know, that kind of strength training back in, I feel like a new person. Yeah. Well, and I think like our our bodies are designed to do a variety of things, right? Like you should have the capacity to be able to go for probably a, a three mile run. Like you, your body should be able to move that or, you know, for a 60, mi- a 60 minute, 60 miles, 60, 60 minute <laughs> yeah, bike ride. Um, but at the end of the day, like we're, we're designed to move in so many different ways and we're designed to pick heavy shit up. We're designed to be explosive. We're designed to be able to balance on one leg. Um, and that's one of the things I like about CrossFit is you come in and you don't have to think about what you're going to do. Yeah. You have someone watching you, you have someone who's written out programming for you. Um, you know, and if you, as you go along and gain some confidence in creating the, like personalizing the program to you, then you're walking in looking at the the workouts and going, okay, like, this is what I need to focus on for you. Like, you know, if you're, you're a cyclist, like you need to be working on hip strength, quad strength, calf strength, you need to have single leg strength, right? So like, maybe you don't do back squats today, maybe you do weighted reverse lunges instead, right? Um, it's, it's absolutely, but you're still you're, you're paying for personal training. Um, but at you know a fraction of the price and then from you mentioned the consistency consistency standpoint the crossfit community when you have that 5 30 a.m class that you go to all the time you're gonna get shit if you dip out and aren't seen for a week right people notice when you're gone you're gonna get like depending on the community you're gonna get texts and you're gonna be called out on your facebook group um you know you might even get a phone call so like the accountability piece is there um and then you yeah you get fomo you don't want to miss out on the cool stuff that they're doing so it's yeah i mean i drank the (laughs) kool-aid i drank the kool-aid so i make the kool-aid now (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think everyone I, should read 
I, everyone, yeah. No, I, I, I do agree, and I appreciate you, you know, sharing this because I do think people have this. You know, I think people would not think this way necessarily that they that they have that power to go into this space and modify it to themselves. You know, and I think that's really an important piece for people to hear. Yeah, yeah, and I, I will. Th- hopefully, there are CrossFit coaches that are listening to this also hearing what I'm saying and not, you know, they get their panties in a bunch like, oh, well, that's not what was programmed. And it's like, I'm unique, right? Like we're all, we're all humans, but we all have our own unique needs and our and goals, etc. Um, I would rather help you personalize the programming to you and have you getting something, the best something out of the class, instead of me being a jerk and saying, well, that's not what's programmed, you have to do what I wrote. And it not benefiting you as much as it could. Um, And I I do see that. I see it more and more that, like, when I talk to my athletes and clients and and I say, well, can your coach, how will they, oh, they'll be all right. You know, they don't mind or or they are supportive. Um, So I I feel like the more we say I need to personalize it to me, the more the coaches are going to be receptive to that. And then, you know, as long as the athlete's moving well and, you know, still participating in the class, why the fuck not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I very much appreciate you, Shauna. Um, I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk. I appreciate uh, your contributions to our community. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. This is awesome. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with movement coach and body nerd, Petra Fisher, who talks all about how to maximize our mobility so we can keep doing what we love pain-free. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, you know what to do. Stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty.